0: Amalgam is a podcast showcasing creatives and entrepreneurs and focuses on where they came from, what they're working on now, and what their plans are for the future. Please subscribe to us on YouTube and iTunes. Either search Amalgam Podcast or visit amalgampodcast.com for direct links. That's Amalgam A-M-A-L-G-A-M. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Amalgam Podcast and be sure to turn on notifications. This is how we'll update you for giveaways, news, and episode launches. If you are interested in sponsoring or supporting the show, visit our Patreon page, or you can get in touch with us directly. All information and links can be found on our website. Finally, if you or someone you know could be a potential guest, be sure to get in touch with us. This is the first of what I hope to be many episodes. Danny Moffat is a musician and an audio engineer, and I chose him for my first guest because he helped me figure out how to even produce this podcast. He is currently based out of New York and we recorded our podcast episode over FaceTime call. Please enjoy this first episode, and be sure to subscribe and follow. Thank you. Danny, how you doing, bud? Doing
1: good, Corbin. Great to hear from you, man. Yeah. Happy to be here. I
0: appreciate you so much helping me with this. Um, Danny and I have been going back and forth for a few weeks now, and um, I've been picking his brain. And the reason why is Danny—he's a musician and he's an audio engineer—and so I had uh, quite a few questions about that and uh, what's what I need to do if I was trying to pull off a podcast. So what? Um, and here
1: we are—you've pulled it off in three <laughs> weeks, no less. I—that's that's record time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, there's the the idea was long before that, but you know, it doesn't get real until you start moving forward and telling people and asking people to help you out or. So true. a guest yeah but you um your band internal state um i was listening to the album last night and the album is called creepy so listen to band camp is that right that's where you find it
1: yeah that's right band camp internal and we've got we got some videos on youtube as well
0: internal state is the name
1: yeah that's right internal state yep so it's the yeah it's kind of a double thing it can be internal mindset but it also can be you know uh like the internal you know the internal state of just being in a in a scene uh and the kind of what that means and this how things breed out of a scene in a music scene and i felt like that this band very much was a part of part of the portland music scene at the time
0: that's awesome, yeah I, I'm a huge fan of double meanings and and adding those layers to to get your audience or whoever you're engaging to really kind of think um, just what what are they really trying to say here and what's the what's the direction and and maybe sometimes having multiple directions is the point
1: yeah yeah, absolutely I think that's my favorite kind of lyrics as well people can put their own meanings on things or wherever, whenever text or, or art can be slightly ambiguous where people can see different meanings and layers. I feel like that's the most rich kind of art out there and and music as well. One of my art history courses was a,
0: you know, you look at the symbolism in, in art and we were going through a particular period and just every single item on the painting was, you know, it might've had two or three different meanings depending on you know, depending on a, a variety of things, so it's oh uh, yeah, it's incredible.
1: It totally, I think you know it, it can be profound at times, and also with with lyrics and such. I I don't really care so much for uh, music that that tries to direct me into certain way of thinking or political mm. or or just uh, social social issues. I I don't not that I'm a political person. Um, I feel like I'm pretty socially, you know, socially aware, socially conscious person. Always try and try and push uh, push myself to be more aware. Uh, when it comes to music, though, I I just find like, you, you know, I I think it's more interesting to hear about somebody's, you know, somebody's truth, somebody's interpretation of of their life and their art. And uh, you know, I like the abstract sometimes in lyrics. Uh, you know. The bands like Nirvana or the Pixies, uh, definitely influenced by that kind of lyric writing structure, where it's where it can be just so, you know, you don't know quite what they're talking about, but you also kind of do, right. um, and yeah. then it just and then it kind of just blends with the sounds into making something super unique.
0: Oh, absolutely, hundred percent unique, and the uh, and the connections there, despite the mystery. Of the lyrics, um, you know, with the audience, it's no, it's incredible. Um, What, uh, uh, real quick, one of the songs I really liked was the last one actually, "Penny um, Strikes Again." And uh, if, if you will, can I get a little background on that song, and and maybe the precursor earlier in the album? There's a track called "Penny." Maybe just give me a little idea of what you what you were trying to accomplish there, writing that last track.
1: So yeah, thanks. Thanks for, for mentioning that. Uh, I'm glad you liked it. Um, so there's this song, Penny, uh, that I've been kicking around for several years now. And I was talking with a friend a long time ago. You know, somebody from Sea Home, our old our old school. He was saying that he was really into taking a song and making it into different genres. And so the song Penny has gone through three or four different versions at least. Penny and Penny Strikes Again are two versions of the same song. And it's more just a creative workshopping just for, you know, the fun of it. And so I made two versions of the same song. Uh, The first one, Penny, and that one is a bit more direct. It's inspired by by a breakup in the past and that one the one that's just penny penny on the album is uh that one's more pop power pop uh mm-hmm. punkish or more or more successful video it's on it's on youtube i did a mashup of a claymation video for that one and then uh for penny strikes again uh that is a more acoustic solo mm-hmm. v- venture, and really just got into uh Focusing more on the voice and the kind of have the instrumentation just kind of dress around the voice. Interesting, and and that's and I I'm glad that I put it at the end of the album because that's the direction I'm moving into in this album. So it's like a good it's I feel like it's a good transition into what I'm doing uh, coming up next.
0: Awesome. I want to get to how how you got where you where you are part of the structures podcast. For those that are listening, as I'm trying to to structure it with the guest for their where do they come from how do they you know their education or their influence and inspirations to their present time what's it what are they working on now what's their current day-to-day and then what's sure. the plans and goals for the future so right now let's go to college why don't you talk about where you went to school and and how that uh how that broke down for you
1: for sure yeah so I went to I went to college in small town in Southern Oregon called uh, Ashland at Southern Oregon University. And as far as like, my music went, I studied classical guitar there for four years. And I, played, um, I started playing music in the dorms, actually. I started a band, or it was more informal starting out with, but with the guy that was the head of the dorms.
0: Oh, like your uh, RA or something like that.
1: Well, he was like the director of the RAs. Oh, okay. Uh, so he was he was a bit older. He was uh, in his early thirties, and he had come from Alabama, where he had kind of changed from being a metalhead into a full on bluegrass guy. Wow. Um, that's a, so he, that's a transition. He, yeah, yeah. You think, but it's. There's a lot of crossover, which, which helped his transition to go from, like, guitar to mandolin and lap steel. Uh, so we, we did a like bluegrass band and acoustic or bluegrassified band of, of acoustic covers and, and my originals in the dorms and then, you know, played out a little bit. He moved away, got a job at another university, and I went on to busking, playing on the sidewalks. and i had awesome yeah pretty regular thing doing that and there's a lot of tourists in that town because there's a huge shakespeare festival and the town quadruples in size wow and yeah yeah and it's you know it's people with some dough there to have a good time see the shakespeare shows so yeah
0: you gotta have some culture to go to a shakespeare festival that's for sure
1: yeah yeah man so i played on the streets for i wasn't living on the streets or anything you know right but uh and uh i was i just started a part-time job social working so i was doing both at the same time playing on sidewalks and one day i went to uh i was gonna go play on this play on the sidewalk and i was sending a. Uh, a gift to my dad for father's day at the post office, but the post office didn't have a pen for some reason. So (laughs) I had to go to the next door uh, place and ask for a pen, you know, and I this, you know, guitar in my backpack. And I'd explained to them my situation, which is totally ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So I go to, I go to this hair salon, this kind of fancy pants hair salon. You know, people are getting their hair done, things like that. I don't know anybody here. And to my surprise, like the people in the hair salon were so chill and so cool, and um, really friendly, and they asked me to play some songs. Oh wow! For the for the people, yeah, people getting you know manicures and hair things like that, and I I demurred. I was like, nah, I got shy, and I didn't want to do it, and (sighs) and I I left. And then ten minutes later, I changed my mind. I was like, you know what? There you go, good for you. Why not? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta
0: gotta good. you know sometimes that stuff turns out better than you expect
1: yeah yeah so scary but i did it and i'm glad i did because somebody getting their hair taken care of uh gave me a gig at her restaurant and it became a thing a really well-paying thing and kind of launched me in that scene played a lot of art galleries and things um southern Oregon. from that and i just built up a set and I just you know it's good encouragement just to keep keep the music alive, keep things going, and get some get some approval. It's not totally necessary, but it's it's um it's definitely nice.
0: Well, I mean, any experiences, you know, you just you never know where you're gonna find that. Uh, I mean, they just it, I'm assuming it was a gal getting her hair done, and then she gives you gigs. Um, yeah. You know, you you don't you don't change your mind in that ten minutes, and you never know. So it's that's that's part of it is just. Jumping out of your comfort zone a little bit, and so what? What did you think you were going to do? You know, going into college, I know you started out um, with social worker as a social worker, and so that was that was the initial career plan. What you know, how did that transition happen?
1: Oh well, I was doing social work in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Portland for the last four years before I moved here to New York City last year. I I decided to make the move to freelance uh, audio engineer and musician when I moved to New York City. Not for lack of opportunity, because I I did have some things lined up, but I I changed my mind and decided to to do this thing that I've always done on the side. I really wanted to hone my craft and um, make a good run at it since I was in New York and uh, there's such a huge entertainment industry here. I figure... If I'm ever going to try it, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here in New York, but if I'm ever going to try it, I want to try it here. So I enrolled in a audio engineering school, actually, called SAE School of Audio Engineering. It's a nine-month diploma program. It was great. I got to use the, the labs all the time and just, wow. I recorded everybody I could, like, at every opportunity. I had the place booked out.
0: I'm, I'm assuming that's all after uh after hours and stuff and you're booking all that out and spending all that time and then what happens after you record raw audio
1: yeah so recording the engineering there's the engineering and then you've got to edit all the bad takes you've got to edit all the you know the mouth noises you've got to edit all the bad guitar notes the bum notes things like that um you know and then you've got to mix the levels eq and then you've got to master everything, and then that's and that's up. I got so many musicians, and I did, you know, I did it all for free just to get practice at the school, and I did this through contacts with um, with a great group called Women in Music, which is in L.A., it's in New York, things like that. It's a it's a Google kind of network where you just email the group, and then people. It, it it's just it's just open and then you say hey I need somebody to record this day and then it goes out to a couple thousand people and they're like oh yeah I'm a musician book me book me you know? dang dang yeah yeah so that was a great way to get my chops so I started doing some more paid sessions after that with a place called uh, BMJ Studios which is in Long Island City and so that's that's my main place these days
0: and you do a lot of audiobooks, right? There I mean I'm sure you have a variety of projects, but Yeah, and
1: that's that's what brings in brings in the money these days is post production. And that's and that's the most steady gig. Podcasts and audiobooks are the main things. And uh yeah, I mean those are the two biggest industries in the music in the audio world uh these days. Music's kind of it's more for the soul. Sometimes you know i get lucky and something will work out but i i don't i don't base my rent check on it <laughs> yeah that's so a speak.
0: that's your that's your um escape your your space to kind of you know yeah there's, no, there's not a lot of creative freedom in freelancing so that's right. where you get to escape so you mentioned podcasting and audiobooks that's um that's big in the audio engineering industry is what you're saying
1: yeah, they're the two biggest growing fields, and they're the ever since Amazon and Audible mm-hmm. podcasts have really taken off in the in the last few years too. I I think podcasting was kind of a you know it was kind of a fringe thing, and it's really come up quick. Audiobooks have been more around since you know people have been recording audio. Really, yeah, they, they used to sell that
0: on CDs and tapes. I'm sure. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I used if to like- anybody listening
1: even yeah right i mean yeah it, you know every one in every uh one in every 10 units of you know like music now that's sold like nine out of ten are cds still but one out of ten is now vinyl yeah oh, yeah and then so cassettes have come back too a little bit interesting um, yeah so maybe who knows maybe there's going to be a cd resurgence yeah well, 10, ten it or 20 years year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i mean the cds my dad was telling me that CDs—they record that at pretty close to studio quality, right? I mean, you'd be the one to correct me on this, but isn't a CD pretty decent, decent rendition of what they're doing in the studio? Whereas the tape's going to it's going to lose some of that quality.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, uh, tapes, cassette tapes, have a roll-off of frequency at the top end at about eight thousand hertz, so we can hear. We can hear between zero—not zero—but we can hear between a uh, average human ear can hear, can hear between forty and twenty thousand hertz, as far as the audio spectrum goes. And cassettes are really limited. So after eight thousand, so less than half of what we can hear, there starts to be some decay. And so that's how—that's why cassettes sound, you know, not so bright when you listen to them. Yep,
0: vinyl is isn't it still one of the highest quality of uh, audio signal you can get even though it's analog
1: there's it's it is smooth it's smooth sound and there's no guesswork with cds is you're you're still you're working with uh numbers you're working Mm. with code so the laser is sometime has to guess the number is because not everything's connected you know it's 24 bits a second 24 bits of information a second on a cd it's, it's, you know, with 48, 48's, you know, better and we're up to that now. I don't know if there's much of a difference that I can really tell, but it, it, I, I'd prefer to hear a CD over a vinyl record still, but that's not necessarily like my favorite, the be all and end all of the music experience. I think I still like to hold a record, I think I still like the ritual of putting on a needle. Yeah, um, and just hearing that crackle and hiss.
0: Well, and hearing just, an album yeah. as intended, you know, as as ordered by the musicians and the band or the artist, you know, they selected the order of the tracks. They wanted the audience to hear this first, this in the middle, and this last. And and part of that might be the story that's told throughout the album. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, totally, man. Like with Spotify, it's all the shuffle play. We're in the shuffle play age. Yeah, and it's bad. Know you know, it
0: makes you like I'm, I'm dying, dude. I, I, like, I, I use their Discover or their like weekly suggestions all the time mm. because, man, I if I listen to the music that I, I, mean, I feel like I've been listening to the same songs for like eight straight years, I mean, <laughs> and it's just bad. <laughs> I need, I need <laughs> to switch it up.
1: Yeah, that's great, though. I mean, like that you're using that that system. There's, you know, Spotify is huge, huge, huge and uh, very influential. I know a band that I uh, got discovered off of Spotify, too. So they're doing they're a force for good, even though, you know, even though they take 80% of the royalties from plays. Uh, just for themselves which doesn't leave much for the musician let alone the audio engineer but that's another discussion uh spotify is is breaking artists though through those kind of like new music playlists that you're talking about
0: yeah i Um, mean it's and i don't know what the the technology or the algorithm or what's behind what they're suggesting me but um they have (laughs) exposed me to some new stuff i mean i was listening to some like 80s country some old hank williams jr and i'm just loving it and i would have never ever in a million years found that by myself you know
1: so yeah yeah oh, oh yeah and then there's the other playlist that people make on their own too yeah for the for the new for the new music it's i think it's like Like anything, like like DJs, it's word of mouth. You know, somebody can say, you know, in the industry or or know somebody at Spotify can say, hey, I know this band. And I've heard of bands breaking from that. People just suggesting to people to control things at Spotify to put them on the new music playlists. And then people discover it from that way, too. Like just, it's the new new DJ, really.
0: The one thing I've noticed they've gotten better at, because I've been using Spotify since they let us have it in the States. I couldn't wait Mm -hmm. to get my hands on it.
1: Oh, you're an early
0: adopter. Nice. Oh, yeah. So, like, they didn't even have, like, like the, for example, the Red Hot Chili Peppers still weren't on there. Or, um, like, no way were the Beatles even remotely. I don't even think the Beatles were in Apple or anything yet. Um,
1: yeah, that was a big moment when they finally went on. <laughs> yeah, was...
0: and, uh, A big marketing moment for sure, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, who hasn't heard the Beatles already? <laughs> but, That's um, so true. They're working and they're improving things. And if you're saying that, artists are being discovered on it and it's a platform for that then you know it's everything's going to be a double-edged sword so hopefully the yeah. royalties thing can can evolve like everything else but i mean everything's changing so much the video and the music uh distribution methods are just we're seeing so much go on and so much so many old models that have been there for decades just kind of get toppled a little bit and um
1: yeah let's look at the music video uh For one, you know, that used to be so important to have a music video to like a high, you know, high, glossy, expensive music video to break a band or to have something on rotation at, you know, MTV or VH1 or things like that. Now that those stations don't really exist on basic cable anymore. Yeah, uh, that's true. It's and it's uh, but that was, you know, people thought that was the end of the world at the time, too, because it put more emphasis on image over sound so i think that there's always going to be something that's some new change that's going to freak people out and then things will things will correct i do like that the focus is now more back on the music and there's still avenues for people to make money but it's just different uh syncing, syncing songs in commercials and tv and and movies have has really taken off now um
0: what what is that what's what's that mean
1: and oh, it's like getting very simple. Get yeah, oh yeah. It's a it's just the jargon term. syncing. uh, but getting a song placed in like a show, if the Bachelor or something, uh, plays, amalgam, you know, amalgam song or, or one of my songs, an internal state song, you know, right. then that will be royalties right there. Right.
0: Kind of brings us into the next thing: what your goals for the future are. But
1: I'm taking a break from the from being the lead guitarist, hired gun kind of thing, and focusing more on internal state again. Come up with tunes for that. So internal state began back in Portland a few years ago and released an album last year and played a lot of shows. Um, So now I'm working on the album while I'm also trying to hustle and be a freelance audio engineer, which which is the first thing I got to do, right? <laughs> you can't so, pay the bills. Yeah. Oh. And uh, New York's a very expensive place, man. It's a great place for opportunities. I can't think of a better place for opportunities, and I think if you're an actor or musician, you've got to get here, or anything in inter- entertainment, or LA. Everything's just a little bit harder and more expensive. Mm. Uh, if you're you know, in bands and smaller towns, like you can drive somewhere with your gear and rehearse at a friend's basement and then just go play shows, whatever. But here it's, you have to think about the whole, everything from leaving the house. Okay. It's all subways. You've got to take your gear on a subway. You've got to pay for the rehearsal space and you know, the, the temperature in the apartments, <laughs> East <laughs> East coast, man, like it is so dry. Living spaces here that it fries all my gear, so I have to have oh. humidify. I have to have humidifiers in all my guitars,
0: dude.
1: Otherwise, the wood will crack. <laughs> Dang! And it's not just me. This is just. Uh, just this is part of it, right? This mm-hmm. is part of. This is part of uh, the New York City apartment life. You know, the buildings have to turn on the heat because it gets you know zero degrees. And, and pipes will, when you, pipes will <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, gotta, a,
0: it's an ex- expedition essentially every time. Yeah. Not, yeah. But like when I try and pack my kids up and we're going to go drive to Boise is essentially the same thing, but you're going like <laughs> 10 miles.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're crossing state lines, but I'm, yeah, I'm going, I'm going like a mile <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean props to everybody who does it. I I admire I admire everybody who goes out to New York and makes it happen and grinds out what they're what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah. Just from what I've seen from from bands I've been in here and uh from peers, it's uh you know, the magazines are here, the blogs are here, the websites are here, the publishers are here, the um the labels are here. And just being able to be be around that and meet people, it's, I think, really, really, really important. I mean, you can, you know, people have made a living outside of these cities, of course, and still can. And because of the internet, it's easier to get your get your music around and be discovered. But I think it it, it still helps to be in proximity to the cogs of the the machine that is the music industry and the television and film industry. Right, and now it's
0: all. It's all blending beyond recognition (laughs) now. It's just one giant animal.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's all one big beast.
0: What are your goals over the next few years? You say you're working on a new album. What else are you going to try and accomplish?
1: Yeah, so the last album, Creepy, uh, which you can hear on Bandcamp, is decidedly harder rock sounding. And uh, the next album is going to be Acoustic. Which is kind of getting back to what I, what I first did when I picked up guitar and what I did in, in college in Ashland, uh, not bluegrass, but more, more singer songwriter, and uh, that's what the newest single out you can hear called "Subtle with a Joke" is is coming off of the next album is going to be the Collect Pond, and the Collect Pond is a, is a, pond freshwater pond that's in that was in Manhattan. Where people used to get their fresh water from in before 1850, so that's cool. what, yeah. So it's kind of like getting back to the roots of where I was, you know, where I why I picked up the guitar It's kind of you know, thinking about you know what are the roots of Manhattan since since I'm since I'm here. Uh, so it seemed like a like an app title.
0: Nice, I love it. I love I love the way you select your titles, man. Hey, you know. <laughs>
1: thank you yeah yeah so i'm and i you know i'm recording this producing it myself in my apartment and in studios around town so yeah i'm doing this more kind of like on my own this next album on my own and it'll come out by the summer and i'll be playing around town and touring it to support it that's awesome and probably popping out a few videos
0: when you shoot a music video, how long does that normally take? Is it an all-day thing, or do you shoot for a couple of days? Or,
1: Well, for the video if we did for a Sweet Thing, which has got some really cool shots oh, yeah, of Portland. Thing, uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we, we got on top of a hospital by befriending a janitor in, when we were shooting around the building, and he took us on top of OHSU Hospital, and we got some great Skyline Skylines uh, things going on, and that was a day. That was one day, and then we did another day. A bar let me use the space for a day as well, which was uh, really appreciated. So that was two days, and then we did a third day at my friend's house where I had some friends pour like desserts and sweets on me, and then we did it all in reverse. Yeah, yeah, we played it, played it back, and I'm playing a guitar while desserts and sweets are being poured on me yeah. and then you know and this isn't like some like you know i'm i'm wearing clothes and this isn't like <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> just sitting this in a bathtub no yeah yeah no i'm wearing like a polar fleece you know and uh playing electric guitar and getting covered in yeah. like 80 dollars worth of costco crap yeah and uh um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was so much fun so that was three days and then we did one day of, like, pickup shots, which was just to, to fill in some gaps between those three very different different scenes and to tie them all together into the story. So, yeah, I feel feel like that one was it's a great video, and that took three and a half days.
0: Yeah, it's, no, it's an awesome video. Everybody go check it out. That's the sweet thing.
1: Sweet thing for internal state.
0: How long do you Bye. think you'll be in New York for? You you going to stay for a while or...?
1: Uh, yeah, I want to stay I want to stay here uh, for a while. We'll see, you know. I believe the the album's going to be out in the summer. A lot of these songs have been kicking around for several years. So I'm going to be honing those and I've uh, got to record and mix them and place things like that. But uh, yeah, I like I like the music community around here, I like the acoustic artists that I've met around town at shows and clubs and sometimes in the subway and we'll be yeah be putting it out
0: let's do the resources section real quick what these are is we're trying to give the guest or i to give you guys the listeners some something to take away with from the show if if not just a discussion but also something to maybe go read or something to use as inspiration for yourself or a tool
1: this is a great section i'm glad you included this uh so, what got me to pick up the guitar is the what used to be called the Experience Music Project in Seattle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's now called the Museum of Pop Culture. And this is uh, it's a nonprofit museum uh, dedicated to contemporary pop culture that was made by Paul Allen, one of the co founders of Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, when I was 14, I did this tutorial of. A nirvana song and they had a guitar there for you to, to learn it what? and i found out it was so much easier than i thought <laughs> so i figured why not um so that's what got me to play guitar so museum of pop culture in my you know in my kind of journey with music and trying to figure out what i wanted to do you know i did a bluegrass band i was in a metal band andy rock band acoustic i did classical in college so many different genres. Sometimes it's it, it's a blessing and a curse to be able to play so many different styles of music. I enjoy so much, but it's also I don't always know, know what direction I want to go to. Uh, yeah, uh, a bit. I read this book called Strengths Finder 2.0, which is a book by Tom Rath. And although it's not particularly about music, it did kind of get me on the track of thinking, uh, following my strengths and what I'm good at. That's something that people need to come to terms with or at least be aware of what exactly their their best qualities are mm-hmm. with their art and what people might enjoy the most and what they enjoy the most and to, to go that route. So that was kind of an uh, an eye-opening eye-opening book for me.
0: Oh well, it sounds like a great book because I mean we're in our just entered our 30s but I mean when you're in your 20s, you know, you just, i for me particularly, you just kind of meander with, I want to do this, and no, I want to do this, and no, I want to do this. And you don't, you don't, you're not paying attention to what, or at least I wasn't, what you're naturally good at. And if you can, if you can hone in on that, and you can use that to your advantage, it's going to pay dividends down the road. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, you were saying, uh, you know, you, you were in college and figuring things out and it, you decided that you were really good at computers and you're really into it right
0: yeah the um y- you follow your peers a lot especially at that age i mean what you're in you're still in your late teens early 20s and man i just everybody else was in business administration so it's like i guess i'm in a major in business administration it's like <laughs> why why <laughs> I think it took a half a year off or maybe it wasn't quite a full year, but it took a semester off. I just worked full time and everybody else was still in class and that helped a lot. <laughs> and then that helped me really get, get back on track with like, all right, how, how are we going to graduate? Let's just, let's just figure out how to graduate. And then, uh, you know, cause I liked, yeah. I liked the production manufacturing that I was learning. So I yeah. thought that, you know, that's what I wanted to go into. So it was more of just let's, let's graduate and found a, uh, I think it was the, um i think it was the english department but or communications i can't remember i think it was even in the same building but it was digital media or digital technology and culture and so i got exposed to a lot of different computer programs and and i i wish that there was a little bit more of aptitude testing you know in the, at at high school level and stuff cuz it was clear you know mm. we had some cool we had some cool computer courses at um sehome we had applied physics and that was like we were using Rhino which was you can design yachts using that software and oh uh, wow yeah 3d modeling and then I didn't I never did the AutoCAD stuff but um 3d modeling was sweet and and we were doing that in senior high school so it's kind of like I did four years of that in college and probably probably be doing something different but
1: yeah so I was. Like you you know in in my you know mid-20s trying to figure it out and uh, yeah take you know whether it's a new uh, job or a new book or something that's transformative uh, it's something that can be a resource to figure figure out what the next step should be is was a is really valuable and for me yeah, it was this, it was this book strengths finder
0: 2.0 yeah Tom Rath right. It looks like we're we're hitting the time, dude. I I cannot thank you enough. Not only for just the time right now recording this episode, but answering my questions, helping me kind of troubleshoot or come up with solutions to getting this thing produced. So, Danny, thank you so much.
1: Of course, Corbin. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. You you invite me to be part of the first one. I feel honored. Really, I'm sure this is going to be this is going to take off, and be you know this will be the first one of many. You can check out my music at a internal state you check us out on a band camp is where you can stream the audio you can check out the videos on youtube and give us a like on facebook and if you're looking to you know work with me as an engineer you can check out my website moffat sound m-o-f-f-a-t sound um, dot com
0: cool and and at moffat sound on instagram because that's <laughs> where I'm primarily oh, right. doing my marketing, so I wanna, oh yeah, tag the, you there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah on the gram. There we go. Yep, uh, Instagram, uh, Moffat Sound, and I'll be posting, I'll be posting my music and and audio stuff there as well.
0: I wanna thank everybody who has helped me get this first episode off. Danny, you again, bud. I Appreciate you and anybody else who's helped me. Um, you know who you are. A lot of troubleshooting, a lot of questions, a lot of opinions. I needed. So everybody, thank you so much.